0: Hey you, what's happening at work? What's keeping you up at night? What's causing you frustration or depleting your wellness at work? Talk to me and with me. This is Joyce O'Donoghue, your host with the What's Happening at Work show, where we create solutions to work, live, and play well. Join me now for next episode. Hello, hello, and welcome. I'm so excited to join you, that you've joined me here for our next episode on the Wellness Competency Series. It has been a very interesting time uh, to be living in the world. This is the age of COVID-19 and There's been many disruptions to our workplaces. There's been many disruptions to and changes in the normal routine of work and the normal way in which we work. And it is definitely an opportunity for us to think about where we go from here. Reality is that nothing is ever going to be the same again. We are going to have a very new normal. Our normal will not be the same because even if things were to go back the same, our minds, our memory, we will remember this and we will always be using this time as a reference in our lives and in our workplaces. So today's competency is going to be focusing on competency capacity building Uh, in workplaces for us as individuals, as professionals. What is capacity building? Now, capacity building is that competency that falls uh, in that realm of intellectual wellness. So we've been covering the wellness competency series. And as you know, I own interpersonal wellness services. And part of that whole interpersonal wellness concept is that wellness competency mindset that we're looking to develop in our clients, in workplaces, and in groups. Too often are we finding ourselves in a situation where we are not building capacity. So one of the things I have noticed over and over again is that many times employees will come to see me, leaders, professionals, people who come to see me are going through a difficult time in their life. They're going through a life transition. Something is happening where they've been sent disconfirming information. And as a result, they recognize I've got to learn something new. And I say hooray for you because some people actually go through the difficult times and they don't learn anything new. They don't change. They don't grow. They keep projecting everything outwardly and uh, passing off that it's somebody else's responsibility and not taking responsibility for what they've done. So when we talk about capacity building, it is the exercise of learning, the exercise of growing, the exercise of expanding your mindset, the exercise of looking at your your problem-solving skills, finding new ways to solve problems the exercise of using your time in a managing your time in a more efficient way looking at being more accountable for your actions meaning that you are able to give a reason a logical reason for the things you've done or not done right and most people think that an exercise means that you know when we talk about accountability, it means that you're gonna be blamed or judged or you're gonna to have to uh, be in trouble. but no accountability is should be a motivator. It should be that that uh, giving you that opportunity to stand up and say this is why I did this and this is how I feel about it. and here's my reasoning. We should all be able to do that. Sometimes we find ourselves in situations where we're choosing not to respond to something because we have reasons to. And that's different. But overall, generally, accountability should be something that we say, I did this because I choose to make this decision because. And that's your right. You all, we all have our right to to make decisions and base them based on our own values. So it's not a part, really, it's not about judging your values or, or criticizing your values. It's a matter of saying, I made this decision because here is why I thought about it. It's really about your knowledge and your level of reliability. So when we talk about Capacity building in that whole realm of intellectual wellness. We're looking at our education, our experience, our personal growth, and of course, our ability to set and meet those goals that we've we've identified for ourselves. And then, of course, making good decisions. One of the challenges that we face so often is poor decision making in leaders, and. You know, they've had so many times where leaders show up and it's, you know, they've got egg on their face, man, I made a bad decision or I shouldn't have done that. And and sometimes we're, we're drawn to make decisions based on our emotions, based on our own tendencies, based on the things we like or the things we value. Those are not bad things if you can speak to them, if you can stand up and say, this is why I did that. But if you are choosing not to, then the reasoning can be curious. It makes people curious as to, well, why are you not responding to this? Why are you choosing to respond to this this way? Overall, it is really important for us as leaders to identify that we should be always growing and always changing. There is room to grow and then there is room to change. There is opportunity to learn. We can continue to learn. We should be making that effort of continuous learning. Now, when I started off, I wanted to talk, I, you know, I shared a little bit about COVID-19. One of the things that I noticed in many organizations is that learning stopped during COVID-19. All of our energy and focus was on trying to understand and learning the disease and how to respond to the disease and how to stay safe from work and what social distancing was and how far away we need to be and what would it l- look like should we possibly go back to work? What would the distance be? Where would we sit? How would our best be alive? So we were learning rapidly because things were changing so much with the disease. It was so new and the impact and extent of COVID-19 was so widespread and so new that people were glued to their television. People were glued to the news. People were wanting to consume information. They wanted to know more. Social media was lighting up. People were sharing their ideas. People wanted to know and learn how to protect themselves and their loved ones from the disease. And I don't think many of us had been that attentive to science and research and health information as we did during COVID-19. Interestingly, interestingly, We did that because we wanted to save our lives, because we wanted to protect our loved ones, because we wanted to stay safe. Think about, though, learning and developing your capacity overall so you can be successful, so you can be a leader that leads change, so you can be a leader that can be innovative, can have good relationships with your employees. You know, too often when I get calls, it's employees telling me, oh, my boss is demeaning me. My boss is harassing. My boss is bullying. My boss and I don't have a good relationship. We can't communicate as openly. There is too much of that. So leaders need to open their minds to learn. Learn, have an open growth mindset where you can have that open door policy so your employees feel safe to share things with you. You need to create a safe place for employees to interact and dialogue with you. Too often that is overlooked and that is not a good thing because what ends up happening is there is a lot of repression, there is a lot of fear, There is a lot of uncertainty. There is a lot of frustration. They can't talk to you. So guess what? They talk to each other. And so your employees are now talking to each other about you when they should be talking to you when you can quickly make the adjustment necessary, give the explanation, make those uh, justification, address the situation, apologize when it needs to so you can go back to the business of doing work. However, that seldom happens. Most of the times employees are talking to each other or they're calling HR or they're calling somebody or they're going to EAP and they're getting solutions elsewhere, everywhere else, except to the leader who can quickly and effectively make those changes. And I think that is really a poor way to go about it. And I see this as a lack of capacity building for leaders. Leaders are not growing and expanding their mindset. They're easily threatened by employees, employees of diverse backgrounds, diverse perspectives, threaten their, their, their sense of well-being. Leaders want to be too comfortable at work. Work should be a place of growth and change. You should be leading the leaders who are going to take your place, not be anxiously looking to squash the energy and and turn on the light and, and, and uh you know diminish the strength and the, the spirit of those who may show up, show you up as being inefficient uh and uh and lazy. Because a lot of leaders have become lazy. They've got to a certain level and they stop learning. And that doesn't mean that you, you know, this is more than just somebody who is leading a team, but there are people who did did, do this in their lives. You know, I have clients who tell me my husband is become so close minded. They don't want to learn anything new. Everything has to be the same. They're not open to change. Everything is a threat. Come on, people. This is a big, bold, beautiful world. There is so much to learn. The same amount of energy we put into learning about COVID-19, let's put it into learning about living our lives in a much richer, fuller way, having more dynamic team engagement, having more powerful and challenging discussions in your workplace, engaging your employees to talk with you not at you, for you, or about you, but with you, engage with you, truly, honestly, authentic conversations that will change the workplace. We have the capacity only if we allow ourselves. If we think that we have reached to the point where this is it, I'm coasting, I'm gonna be here for the next 30, 40 years and retire I'm just going to be a protectionist. You're going to have a mindset of weeding out the people who might challenge your comfortableness. Capacity building towards comfortableness. It says, let us get up. Let us learn something new. I want to know what the next challenge is. I want to see what the next risk I can take. I want to grow. And it doesn't mean that you're going to get a promotion, especially if you are some of my clients in federal government and and provincial government and and municipals, where there really isn't anywhere else to go, Joyce. I have reached it. There is no level of the higher level of of, uh, promotion for me to get. This is all I can reach or attain here. So I'm not talking about that physical uh, name, director, or what label that you've gotten from your organization. I'm talking about growth. I'm talking about the leader that stands up for what's right. The leader that sees diversity and respect it. When a leader tells employees, I don't see color, that is the biggest insult. If you don't see my color, then you don't don't recognize and acknowledge my diversity, my diverse perspective, my values. And then we are going to have conflict because you expect me to behave like you. And I am not because we're living in a multicultural society, meaning that I, it is permissible for me to have my own values, my own customs, my own norms and traditions that I hold on to, that my ethnicity is my part of my identity. And so I shouldn't be judged lesser because You are looking through lenses that are so completely one-sided from your values, your value system, your ethnic, ethnicity, and your way of seeing the world should be mine. Will you now force me to behave like you or criticize me because I didn't behave like you or the majority who are of your race and your, your nationality. We shouldn't be having those conversations in 2020. Slavery has been abolished for hundreds of years. Racism is a disease of the mind. It's a narrowing of the mindset. And so when we start, when we stay stuck We remain stuck in our very unconscious bias and unique lenses of looking at the world and not opening ourselves up to the diversity and the the other broad ways of doing and being in the world. So when we think about what's happening at work, I really want to enhance capacity building. It should be a motivator for every leader. No matter where you lead, what what kind of organizations, be it private, public, institution, you should be leading capacity building. You should be leading good decision. You should be leading empowerment and authenticity. You should be leading from a place of strength, reliability. And very much so accountability. Because when your employees say that this behavior, I feel, I feel isolated. I feel excluded. I feel singled out. I feel treated differently. I feel the comments you're making are racist or stereotypical or plagued with unconscious biases. You should be turning to them and say, tell me more. I didn't realize that. Can you help me learn? Instead of penalizing them and making their life torturous. We need to move away from these old ways of thinking and being. Workplace should be work. The workplace should be open Should be accepting, should be inclusive of all with our various perspectives, ethnicity, culture, diverse lenses, perspective, ethnic norms. We should be welcomed, we should be acknowledged, we should be valued for what we bring and how we contribute to the team. Not how. We live our lives. And too often that becomes the issue. We're judged because of our sense of moral beliefs, our ethnic values, our sense of community, our loyalty to family. All are now being judged, criticized, and put out there for speculation when we should be encouraged to live a vital, true life and explore our capacity for well-being in the workplace. So I say no more. So if you're a leader out there or you're an employee who's struggling with a leader who is close-minded and not open to capacity building, looking for new ways, new lenses, join me in Mastery. Mastery is my coaching session where I teach and coach on the mastering these life competencies. I do somewhat of a coaching clinic on how we can develop these competencies in our lives so we can work, live, and thrive. So often we are not doing that. So often we are not working on these competencies and this is what we need to Take a look at the list of competencies. Click on my website at interpersonalwellness.com and click on, on coaching and you will see the mastery program and sign up for mastery And join me in my weekly coaching session. You can join for one week. You can join for 10 weeks. You can join for all the 52 weeks of the year. It doesn't matter. The goal is, are you open to building capacity and building these competencies in your lives so you can thrive, so you can truly live your meaning and purpose? Joyce Odinson here. Thank you for joining me. And I will see you in mastery. You've been listening to What's Happening at Work. This is Joyce O'Dellison, your host, and I want to thank you for being with us. Thank our guests and our sponsors, Interpersonal Wellness Services, Inc., the Global Workplace Wellness Summit, and of course, the Wellness Competency Mindset Movement. And if you want to hear from us, learn more or get more episodes, join us at interpersonalwellness.com where we help you to work, live and play well. Bye now, and we'll see you for another episode.